Now, I want you to think about it, right? Just imagine here, this is mankind. And then I want you to zoom thousands of years later to present. And then I want you to go into the far future. I'm gonna move this. Uh, All right. Let's go to, I, I, I don't love this chapter, but I love this, um, well, I do love this chapter because it's, it's God revealing it. But it's just so crazy how God talks about this in Genesis and reminds it all the way through scripture. It's just absolutely crazy how detailed this stuff is. All right, go to Je Revelations uh, 17. And then you will see what does mankind look like? Now, after the flood and after everything, what does he now become? And this is Revelation 17. All right. Crazy scripture. This is just an absolutely wild scripture. All right. The one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked to me saying, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. All right. Remember I told you. In Genesis uh, 3, or uh, 2, I th or 3, with Cain, he's very successful in the spheres. Not that God's not, because God sits on the holy mountain with all the wisdom. But what you see in the Bible is that mankind, in their own strength, have the ability to rule the earth. That's what you see in Genesis. He never takes that away, because God is faithful. He allows people to to live out what he gives them, and then he sees what they're going to do with it. And then he guides them as a father if they, if they love him or not. All right, he says here, the harlot who sits on many waters. The waters, and then, it, then I'll say here too, and whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. All right, so you see this harlot now, who's in the spirit of Cain and all of his legacy, and Lamech and Nimrod and all these people in the Genesis. And the waters represented the commercial trade. If you sit by the waters, you have the ability to trade with everyone around you. Right? Because before we had airplanes and all this stuff, you have ships. That's how people trade spices and then they go on land. And then he says fornication. One of the things that God told Solomon was that he would never sleep with any other women that are not saved, that are not followers of Yahweh. Now, what David and Solomon did was they slept with other women from different kingdoms. The reason why they did that was so that they can have a, a power consummation, a power political partnership. So now that you are part of my family, everything that David owns, which he's the most powerful king on earth, now the Queen of Sheba with Solomon is part of. Like that, they started having consummations. Now what she's saying is that the kings of the earth committed fornication with the harlot Babylon. And so what that means is, it's like, you could, you could even see it with things like LBGT. I open up my phone and everything's in rainbow color. I'm like, what is going on here? They're making, they're making political alignments with their movement. 
And so when we come into this political alignment, this fornication, we're doing the same thing of these kings that sleep with the harlot Babylon. You're allowing yourself to become one with the legacy of darkness. All the way from Genesis 3. That's how big this stuff is. Right? And it's crazy how it's the first book to the last book, the beginning to the end. All right. Then he goes on and says, And then all of the inhabitants of earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. How many of you can watch TV for 30 minutes and not see something sexually oriented? Yeah, right? I have to block everything on my Facebook for me to even look at some of my friends online now. This is what's happening. Thousands of years later, fornication and sex have become so bad that now all of the world is drunk and in pleasure with, with uh, immor immoral sex and lust and greed. The whole world is covered in it. That's why whenever you say yes to porn, you say yes to all this stuff. Whenever you say yes to immorality, you say yes to all this stuff. Whenever you say yes to anything outside of the image and likeness of God, you start going towards Cain's legacy. That's why God is so holy. Now, the things that we have to look out for is we weren't born up in here. We're not at the Garden of Eden. Now we're so corrupted, we don't live for 900 years. Like if I make it to 120, I'm one of the oldest people on earth right now. Because our body has been corrupted by sin. And so we're thousands of years later, there's strongholds in our mind that Paul is saying we need to take down. That's why when the Lord disciplines us, we're so far away from the likeness of God that he wants to show us what we look like in the beginning of his blueprint, of his original design. That's why he disciplines us. That's why he's revealing truth to us in scripture. That's why we want to live out freedom. It's because he knows that we are so far away and we're only getting closer to the days of like where harlot Babylon is all over the earth. And we're like that right now. We're very close to it. This stuff that we're reading, I don't even, I don't even have to tell you that this stuff exists. I give you one example. You see it everywhere. So he carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy. That's every time we blaspheme God. Every time God is trying to lead us, he's trying to love us, he's trying to discipline us. And then we spit on God's face. We start bringing our hearts closer to this harlot of Babylon. Because now the whole world is filled. This is what you have to get. Her name. I want you to think of every spiritual curse, every blaspheme, every act of rebellion, everything you did that was against the character and nature of God, she wears on her scarlet beast robe. Like on, on God's hands, he has sands, he has grains of sand that show the thoughts of how much he loves you. On her robe are the names of all of the blasphemies of God. Every time we blaspheme God, every time we live 
and um, the bloodline of Cain and make choices of revenge and immorality, sex and lust and greed, we write another name on the scarlet beast. We empower that beast to conquer the earth. That's what, when you look at it, you're actually doing. That's what all of our relationships do. If you notice, everything on this scarlet beast, this harlot Babylon, is about relationship. It's the blaspheming. You need another human being to blaspheme. It's the fornication. You need another person to have sex with. It's the, it's the consummation of all of these nations and political alignments. You need demonic alignments with another king or ruler to even do what she's saying. Everything is a demonically enforced relationship by the harlot Babylon. All right, let's move forward. And then she says this, having seven heads and ten horns. And so I won't get into that. But all of the heads and the horns represent the final world powers on earth. All of them have take, taken the mark of the beast. All of them have the mark of the beast is like you're having a, a relationship. It's like a covenant. It's a sexual relationship with, with the demons of the harlot Babylon. You're consumed. You're consummated forever. And then they have this and all of these seven, ten head or ten horns and seven heads represent the most powerful countries on earth that have now relationship with this harlot Babylon. And then the woman was arrayed with purple and scarlet, which is a mockery of Jesus. She's a false king. And then gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup of abominations. All right, I want you to think of the abominations of God. She's pleasuring herself in this golden goblet of all of the abominations of earth. That's what gives her pleasure. Every time we commit a sin, we fill that cup up. We give her more abomination to drink of. The other abominations are things like a haughty eye. A haughty eye is a completely a hardened, rebellious heart. That if it ever gets any instruction, it's completely haughty. Every time we fall further away from learning from our father, and we get hardened and hardened and hardened. We put our blood in her cup. And then we let her drink in pleasure. These are your saints that abuse you, God. She pleasures herself on the blood of the martyrs. She pleasures herself every time we willingly nail Jesus back to the cross. Every time we, it says in Hebrews, when you commit a sin that now you know is a sin, and it says, in, it says in the Bible, every sin you have, you can get out of. But now you, if you had no sin and you commit it, you nailed Jesus back to the cross. She's waiting for her cup to be filled by the multitudes of mankind to fill up her cup with abomination of sexuality, with the abomination of pride and lust and greed and selfish power. And she fills it up and then she drinks it up in pleasure. And then she gives it to everybody else to drink of. That's what our sins look like in the spiritual world. They all look like that. The next time you think of sinning, I just want you to think about 
just meditate on how precious Jesus is, on how beautiful a God is, and how there's this, this kingdom of darkness, the harlot Babylon, that we keep fueling every time we decide to not follow our Father. That's what we do. Every time we don't follow our Father, we build the kingdom of darkness. That's, the, that's that kingdom. All right, now let's go to um, Revelations uh, 21. Because that, that kingdom gets destroyed real fast. Well, when Jesus judges it. All right, now I want you to think about God's heart during the days of Noah. Just like he says, it'll be like the days of Noah. Um, he says that mankind has got so bad, every thought and every wickedness is so terrible, now I have to destroy even the animals of earth, except for the ones that are coming in with Noah. And then he goes on and then he says this, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed, passed away. I know that um, we learned a, a bit about this on the second week, but uh, I'm just going to go over it a little bit. So you see, what we do as human beings is that we will either fill up the kingdom of the harlot Babylon, because there are two cities, with, with human beings that are filled with abominations and burn in the lake of fire. Or we fill ourselves up with this new, new Jerusalem we populate this new Jerusalem, and this becomes the city where all of our legacies dwell. And then he says this, Coming down from heaven, I saw God prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Can you imagine that? That the harlot Babylon doesn't have a husband. The harlot Babylon is sleeping with men and kings and women and rulers and demons all over the earth. And she's preparing for her cup to be filled with abominations and blaspheming of God. But the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem, is a bride that's pure and spotless and holy, that's adorned herself to meet Jesus. The, the level of light is so different, right? Imagine... Before you go, uh, before you, yeah, I see this in the Philippines too. You know, you stand in front of the mirror, then you fix your hair. I, I see people do it a long time in the mall. I don't know why it's so long sometimes. Sometimes I, I go to the bathroom, and then I leave, and then I go back. And the same dude is like still combing his hair in the bathroom. I don't know what's adorning there. But then uh, that happens, right? You adorn yourself to see the world. This bride is adorning herself to see Jesus. These people, this legacy of human beings has spent every waking moment and sleeping hour of their life adorning themselves to see Jesus Christ. Completely different. One day I'm going to see my maker and he's going to dwell with me in perfection, physically and spiritually and the new earth and the new heavens will be here and I will adorn myself to be with him forever. And then you have the harlot constantly filled with the blood and curses of God. Very different. And then you see this. Um, Behold, the tabernacle 
of God is with men, and he would dwell with them, and he shall be his people. And so you see inside of relationships, what he's always wanting to do is have a relationship where he will dwell with you. That's what he's seeking in a marriage. That's what he's seeking in a friendship. That's what he's seeking in a family, is that he will be in perfect unity with you. And in the end of the time, the end of the age, he will have that with all of creation in the new Jerusalem. You will understand the whole week if you get that one piece. Everything we're going to talk about for the next 15 hours in this week is all going to center on the fact God wants to dwell with us. He wants to be in complete unity. How do I act with my friends? God wants to dwell with you in love, in perfect harmony. How am I supposed to act with my, with my person that I'm dating or I like? God wants to dwell with you and each other in perfect harmony and in love and in peace and in joy. How do I court somebody? How do I get married? He wants to dwell with you in that relationship in perfect love and a harmony all the days of your life. How do I raise a family? He wants to dwell with you all the days of your life in perfect love and harmony. What do I do when I'm dead? He wants to dwell with you in perfect love, peace, and harmony all the days of his life. That's everything. I could actually end right there. Uh, I probably will. Why don't you guys just pray for a second and just close your eyes. And I want you to think about every relationship that you have right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to convict us in a very powerful way. And um, just let, let, let God talk to you. And I, I sense there's such a level of conviction in the room right now. Um, the Holy Spirit has just, he's bringing up, your heart is gold, right? And then he's bringing up the dross and all of this stuff in your heart. He just raised the fire up really high. And then all of this stuff might be surfacing. But your heart is still gold because you're a new creation. What he's doing now is he's bringing up all this stuff because he wants you to be perfectly purified for love with him and dwelling with him. So Lord, we just allow you to convict our hearts right now, God. Lord, in any relationship whatsoever that we have, if we've been living out and building the kingdom of darkness, God, I ask that you would, you would discipline us right now. Your loving and kind discipline. It says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. God, in your kindness, just as we've seen in the days of Noah, how bad our sin gets. Lord, I ask that you would reveal anything that we are holding on to as a lie from the devil. We want perfect freedom with you, God. We want perfect purity inside of our hearts. So Lord, in your, in your kindness and your love, we ask that you would raise the temperature of that fire like you did. And you would just reveal relationships. I feel like God's going to change complete cultures of some of your relationships right now. That when you guys hang out, you might have a certain type of culture that you do, a certain kind of rhythm, and God's gonna change that all right now. He's gonna, he's gonna convict you so much that you can't, you can't live another day in that way. And so Lord, I ask that you would do that, God. 
We don't want to be anywhere close to the harlot Babylon. We don't want to fill that cup of abominations in any way, Jesus. We want to fill your cup of glory. We want to put our eyes on you, Jesus. We want every single gaze that we have to be upon you. So go ahead and just um, allow the Holy Spirit to encounter you. And then if you need to walk around or you need to write something down, uh, just go ahead and do that. <laughs>